It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Reds podcast. This is Phone It In Friday. Happy Friday, y'all. This is your host, your second-hand expert, Jeff Carr. We've got a great one on tap for you today. I get to talk to Mo Egger at ESPN 1530. He also does radio for 700 WLW, and he also writes for The Athletic multi-talented dude but we talk about Sonny Gray we talk about his expectations for the Reds at this point and we talk about t-shirts too so I hope you guys enjoy the interview sit back relax and just take it all in I'm here today with the one the only Mo Egger of ESPN 1530 700 WW and The Athletic uh, he was gracious enough to do an interview with me at Reds Fest, and he's talking to me again already in a month, so I'm feeling <laughs> really special here. I have friends of mine that I haven't talked with with as much frequency as the time that I've spent with you, but thank you for having me. Absolutely. I appreciate you coming on. Um, I just kind of wanted to start it off a little bit lightheartedly. Yeah. How many T-shirts from local teams do you have? <laughs> you know, it's funny. I just moved. I just moved two weeks ago, um, and I donated probably like 15 red shirts. Um, I donated an, an, an FC Cincinnati shirt that, frankly, never fit. Yeah. I donated probably four or five Bengal shirts, and then God knows how many UC football and basketball shirts. So I don't have as many as I did two weeks ago, but like I had a uh, – my wife and I had – a closet at the house we just moved from and the entire right side the top hmm. was like sports apparel i've i've cut that down by maybe a third it's way too many for a man who's 41 years old way too many the specific number i don't know and it's the, the i have more red stuff more red shirts than i do the other teams and i'm not really sure why I'm not really sure why. And it's been forever. It's been forever since I bought anything Reds cuz I'm I'm like a snob when it comes to how cool the stuff looks. So I haven't bought anything. So it tells you like for a stretch how much crap that I accumulated. It was a lot. The number is huge. I'll have to get back to you, but not as much as I did before the move 2 weeks ago. Nice. A lot though. Yeah, that's all right. And Timing-wise, I guess we'll jump into a couple of Reds topics. Uh, Timing-wise, couldn't have been better. They just finalized. We're recording the interview here on Monday. They just finalized the deal for Sonny Gray. Um, Not only was it kind of a prospect that you really don't think was going to help the Reds anytime soon, but also they were able to sign him to a multi-year deal. Just what is your reaction out of the gate from that? Derek Johnson better be really good at his job. Uh, the the new pitching coach because that's what this is uh, look at, at face value in a vacuum Sonny Gray doesn't do a lot for me uh, the Yankees are trying to win the World Series this year it's not like they're unloading guys and tanking they're trying to win the World Series this year and they just gave you a 29 year old starting pitcher who's been an all star right. what does that tell you about their valuation of him so what this is to me it's you bring him here for a year. He's a prob. He's probably, in fact, he, he is a better option than a lot of the guys they might put in that spot. But what you're hoping is Derek Johnson fixes him. And the, for those who don't know, Derek Johnson was his pitching coach at, at Vanderbilt, right. where where Sonny Gray uh, pitched uh, college baseball. If he fixes him, and at the end of the season you're like, all right, Derek Johnson got the done the, the job done with Sonny Gray, and he's good to go. Well, you get a guy who's 30 years old for the next three years who's 
I'm going to guess at a bit of a bargain compared to what he might be in free agency if they do fix him. Um, if they don't fix him and Sonny Gray is what he was in New York and pitching in a hitter-friendly ballpark is a problem for him, then you're stuck with a contract that's probably hard to move for a guy who's not good anymore. Th- that's an overly simplistic way of looking at it, but that's that's kind of how I look at it. This is a gamble on the pitching coach. Uh, and I, I did not hear what Derek Johnson had to say. They were doing a, a conference call right as we left the air, so I haven't had a chance to hear from Derek Johnson. But I know from talking with Dick Williams, they made the, the deal with the Dodgers with Turner Ward, the new hitting coach, being in direct consultation with them about Puig and Kemp. I guarantee you, Derek Johnson was a part of the decision-making. Hey, you've worked with him before. How do you fix him? Can you fix him? If the answer is yes, we're going to invest in this guy. And... If it works, whatever you're doing next year, which I'm sure is going to be retooling the rotation, either because you lost Wood and Roark or you're not happy with their results and so you're willing to move on from them, it's nice to have a guy like Sonny Gray, a fixed Sonny Gray, to to rebuild your rotation around. At the same time, if they don't fix them, you're stuck with them. So ask me ask me in November how I feel about this. In the in the time for the time being, he's interesting and probably better than what they had, but. The guy who pitched for the Yankees last year, and I know he was terrible at home and pretty good on the road. So maybe you're banking on, look, he's just not pitching in Yankee Stadium, so he's going to be better. But this is a wager on the pitching coach, and I'm interested to see how it goes. Absolutely. And I'd seen a few quotes on Twitter from Derek Johnson. It was mostly the typical coach speak, like, ah, he wasn't happy with last year. He's ready to get out for this year, all this other stuff. I also saw something in – I didn't really get into the specifics as to how they calculated all this, but they figured that he would need to be worth 1.1 war or roughly worse than what Matt Harvey did for the Reds last year. Does that change your expectation at all for what you see from Sonny Gray going forward? Uh, No. Um, I don't really have an expectation because I know what he's been and I know what he was last year. What is he this year? I, I I don't know what to expect. I... I again, I come back to the pitching coach. I don't know much more about Derek Johnson other than uh, people in Milwaukee thought it was a huge loss for that franchise that they let him get away. Right. And Jeff Brantley swears by him. Those two things are good enough for me right now. So I'm going to go. Okay, the Reds got they got the pitching coach who can fix dudes like uh, Sonny Gray. Other than that, I don't really have an ex. I'm not sure you ha- how you have an expectation. The guy stunk last year. Right. By his standards. But what he was at one point in Oakland, he stunk. Is it as simple as tweak something here, change the scenery, and he's back to the guy who was really, really good for the A's for a number of years? You know, maybe. But I, I don't. I don't really have. I don't have an expectation. But but I I do like that they've incurred some risk here, and it strikes me as a little bit of a calculated gamble. Like I, I'm on board with this. I'm not. Again, I, I don't, you know, Sonny Gray doesn't make me think, boy, they, you know, they're they're vaulting into contention in the National League Central, but it's there's there's high risk, but there's also pretty high reward, and I don't have the dollars, I don't know, but I'm I'm guessing you go to Sonny Gray and go, hey man, if you were a free agent right now, nobody would be offering you a three year contract, and we are, so why not sign this? And if you hit free agency next year. The, the market is stagnant. Even if you're good, who knows how many teams are going to be interested. And if you stink, good luck finding someone that's offering you three years. So I'm sure based on just how you could approach Sonny Gray, you could probably get him at a bargain if he's really good this year and they do fix him and he's a free agent. 
maybe you can't get them. So it's a calculated risk. It, it certainly does come with with risk, and that's if you can't figure out a way to get him to regain his form. But it's not like in 2017 he was pretty good in Oakland and New York. Right. It's not like he's that far removed to, from being a very, very good pitcher for a good club. So, again, the Derek Johnson thing, hey, you're, you're here. They're never going to be – um, a prime landing spot for the best free agents right. because of the dollars and, and maybe because of Great American Ballpark. And you don't want to trade your best prospects quite yet, and I get why. So then getting outside help, the next step is dude who maybe needs a change of scenery, guy who wasn't that good, we don't have to trade that much, although I, I think they gave up. Competitive you know, balance pick is in the, one of the top 40 picks in the draft next year, right? right? So that's that's a pretty good haul. But if you're never going to be in play for the best free agents, and if those guys don't represent the best investments, and you're never going to, at least for now, really want to move on from your best prospects to get guys like Corey Kluber, then the next best thing is someone else's trash. And as harsh as that sounds, it found, it seems like, it seems like the, the Reds are going dumpster diving, and they're going to try to fix something that was in someone else's trash and not pay that much to get it comparatively speaking. I don't know if that's the right way to put it, but that's how it feels. This spring, follow the Reds out to Arizona for Cactus League spring training. There's amazing weather and landscapes, exciting outdoor adventure, and incredible food awaiting you as Arizona is the perfect home base for baseball fans. Enjoy baseball in nice warm weather and even venture outside of the ballpark confines and see things like the Grand Canyon and Monument Valley. You can even bring the family along too with resorts and hotels that offer plenty of fun for kids of all ages from water parks to horseback rides and games and activities. If Reds baseball and the Grand Canyon sound great to you, then start by planning your spring training getaway at visitarizona.com slash spring training. That actually segues pretty nicely into my next question. Does it, I don't know if cheapens the right word to use, but knowing, because I'd seen reports that Rosenthal said that they weren't going to deal Senzel or Trammell because, like, reports had said that Cleveland just came out and said, hey, would you give us one of those guys yeah. for Kluber? Does it cheapen this deal knowing that they wouldn't do that for Kluber and so they got to come back and get Sonny Gray? I don't know if it cheapens it. Uh, I, I think... The, the Corey Kluber thing is, hey, we're better. We're not that much better. Because, like, I, I think if you if you look at your team and you're like, you know what? The difference between us getting to the World Series and finishing out of the playoffs is Corey Kluber. You make that deal. Right. Right? Right. If you look at your team and go, if we get Corey Kluber – were the lead dog in the central. Okay, I go back to the last time they were all in. They looked at their team in 2011, which was a disappointing year, and they said, nucleus of this team, we are Matt Latos, a left fielder, and a good relief pitcher away from having a shot. And they went out and got those guys, and they paid a hell of a price, especially for Latos. Um, it based, to me, it's based on how you evaluate yourself. I'm guessing they looked at what they had and said, we're better, but we're not better enough to really justify trading a top five pick, our best prospect, and God knows what else for Corey Kluber. Now, the caveat with Kluber is you do get the other two years beyond this season. But you know, if I, I could see, I could see the Reds saying now, as of today, we are not good enough to trade Nick Senzel for a piece that makes us better. Mm-hmm. I could also see them doing some other things this off season where they might revisit that. 
Right. Like maybe they go get, you know, a caller on our show today brought up A.J. Pollock. Maybe they plug the center field spot with a guy that, all right, now their lineup is even better. Maybe they make a trade for Real Muto. Maybe they add another piece to the bullpen and they go, you know what? Now what we have is good enough that we could justify trading Nick Senzel and, and whatever else for uh, Corey Kluber. Or maybe what you have now that you don't think is that good, good enough to win the division, maybe it overachieves. And here we are in late July, um, and Corey Kluber is still out there, or someone like him is still out there. And you go, you know what? This team has played itself into contention. We're going to do it. We're going to pull the trigger, and we're going to trade a Taylor Trammell. We're going to trade a Nick Senzel. So, like, I I think they're open to it, but I think their own self-evaluation has to be, we're this close. If you're that close, you're willing to trade a top prospect. Right. If you're still a few pieces removed from being in a legitimate contender, I think you're a little bit more hesitant to move on from your best guys. Definitely. And and I think it's something that I talked about last week. I think, like, if you believe if the front office looks at them and says, we think we're going to be 500, then I don't think you trade for Corey Kluber. Right. Because you don't want a you 17. Be realistic. Yeah, you don't want a $17 million pitcher mm-hmm. pitching on a 500 team. Yeah, it's kind of like with you know back when they traded a Roldis Chapman, which you know that trade sucked, but we won't get into that. <laughs> um, but having that kind of a caliber on a closer on a team that's not a playoff team just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, but so logistically thinking of that, it was kind of a poll question that I had last week um, that pretty much everybody answered like I thought they would. The four, the question was. What do you reasonably expect from the Reds this year? Same old Reds, another boring year. Interestingly, in, can't even speak today. Interestingly, five hundred, mm-hmm. a playoff team, or World Series or bust. Where would you fall in those four, and why? Interesting. First of all, interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, you know, five hundred to me, you know, is that eighty-one wins? Nah, to me, that's like. You know, the 78 to 82 win range. Yeah. Um, for me, probably a little bit on the lower end of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but certainly more interesting. Look, the, the most fascinating thing for me is if they're not good and they have to trade parts at the deadline, who do they deal and what do they get? Right. Because we were going to have that conversation about Homer Bailey if he was remotely good. Right, if he was still on the team, and frankly, I don't think he would have been. I think if they didn't trade him, they just would have moved on. Sure. Um, but if they're good, let's say the status quo remains, and what they have right now is what they field on opening day. If that team ends up being good, it, 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 number one, I think they'll surprise a lot of people. I mean, I don't think anybody's going to have them pigeonholed to be a, an 85-win team. Sure. They will have surprised a lot of people. Some guys will have exceeded expectations. It will mean that the additions from Los Angeles were better than maybe even advertised. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, I think they'll look at dealing from their place of strength, which is their farm system, and getting a piece that puts them over the top. Mm-hmm. If they're not that good, and I think we all think they're going to be better than they have been, right. again, at the deadline, GMs are calling you about Yassiel Puig and about Alex Wood and about Tanner Roark and about Scooter Jeanette and, and a handful of other guys. Like, I think that's interesting. And, and so that, you know, by the end of this year, to me, they're, they're either going to have blown everybody out of the water by how good they were, or they will have made their... 
their farm system better. And by farm system, like, that doesn't have to mean full-on rebuild. They're not going to be good for seven years. Like, what they have right now that is close to Major League Ready, this group of guys, they hopefully will have added to it by trading off guys. Or maybe Yassiel Puig falls in love with Cincinnati and says, I want to sign here long-term. Or maybe Alex Wood represents a long-term investment and they agree to terms with him. Like, they're just more inter- there's more possibilities, right. right? It's felt to me like the last couple of years, the possibilities were some of these guys are going to come up and stink or all of them are going to come up and stink. Like, that was it. We knew at the beginning of every single year, they're probably not going to do better than fourth place, and that's best case, right? Right. We weren't even entertaining the idea, legitimately, that they could surprise people or they could be an interesting team at the deadline. Um, We weren't really talking about their best prospects being close to the majors. Now we are. They still have a lot of, at the major league level, a lot of interesting questions. Joey Votto was last year the beginning of regression. You know, um, can Scooter Jeanette do it again? Mm-hmm. You're not going to be as good in center field for a for a, a pitching staff that's probably going to give up a lot of contact. How, how much of a problem is that going to be? What is Jesse Winker, assuming that he's still here? Has Scott Shebler, has he kind of plateaued? And is this what he's going to be? Or is, does he still have another level? Matt Kemp is older and you're paying him a lot of money. Can he give you value? Can Peraza take a step forward? I mean, you know, I think Tucker Barnhart defensively has to be better. Yeah. And for a guy who was a gold glove winner two years ago, is that bullpen going to be as good as it was at times last year? Like, there's, there's a, there were a lot of kind of pre-existing questions, and the Reds just added to them. That makes them interesting. Let, I mean, to me, like, how many times did you think from 15 through a lot of last year that the Reds were actually interesting? Not really. That's true. Now, like, they're, the range of possibilities is wider in terms of what they can be on the field and what they can do in the front office than I think in a very long time. That's not, yeah. As I totally agree with that, and that's one of those reasons that I've been excited about all of these different deals. And now with Sonny Gray coming in, you can kind of see the rotation. You can kind of see the five guys that they're going to in the, in going to enter spring training with. What about kind of looking at that? What about the last couple of years will you miss by seeing guys like Tim Adelman or Bronson Arroyo 2.0 make regular <laughs> Nothing. starts? Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> now, that might be Sonny Gray. I mean, I don't think it is. You know, he's younger. But, I mean, I you know, who, who knows? Um, yeah, look, for, for a number of years uh, we were, and less so last, because last year kind of felt like an open audition. Right. But for years it was this nonstop stream of, you know, guys that you knew weren't going to be here when the Reds were good again. Right. Just nonstop, whether they be Bronson Arroyo or uh, Jason Marquis. Or, I mean, like my favorite name was Asher Wojciechowski. Asher Wojciechowski <laughs> came up and pitched on a Saturday afternoon. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, I forget who he was pitching against. And uh, my wife had just we had just come home uh, with uh, our daughter for the first time. She was mm-hmm. like a week old, two weeks old, and so like for the first time since she came home, I'm like, look, I'm gonna go meet some buddies for beers. Sure, and I'm sleep deprived and. And had maybe one or two more than I should have. And we're watching the Asher Wojciechowski game where he pitched like four and two thirds innings, but he wasn't terrible. And I'm like, you know what? This guy reminds me of Roger Clemens. <laughs> like we were trying to talk our, and I'm talking right, like right. build and delivery, like Make obviously. Make the best of what you got. And I'm like, 
you know, trying to talk myself into, well, maybe the Reds got something, and like a year and a half later, or a year later, like, gone. Like these Jackson Stevens types that you, you just kind of knew. Yeah. You, you know, you're happy for them. They're getting their crack and pitching in the big leagues. But, hey, I'm not going to invest too much in these guys because they're not going to be here. I'm glad that's gone. Um, you know, the three guys they've got from the outside, you know, Gray's obviously going to be here, but... Um, you know, Alex Wood had an all-star season in Los Angeles a couple of years ago, and I watched him pitch the game at Great American Ballpark, where, I mean, he was fantastic. And so there's there's something there. What, what does he do long-term? You know, is he a guy the Reds go, hey, let's, let th- let's throw some money at this dude and rebuild our rotation around him and Sonny Gray? Mm-hmm. Uh, or, again, maybe he's good and the team stinks and you trade him, and maybe he's awful and you can't wait to see him go away i mean i i don't know but yeah for for the first time we are we are i think sifting through possibilities uh, involving guys who might be here when the team is good again super appreciative of mo for that interview we really could have talked for like another 10 15 minutes but my sd card just kind of didn't want to anymore it cut out on me there um but i really appreciate mo i asked for 15 minutes of his time and like i said we probably could have talked for 30 or 40 so definitely hoping to get him on the podcast a little bit more as the season goes on he was super gracious with his time there and um, i cannot thank him enough i appreciate you guys listening to this phone it in friday remember to subscribe to the podcast on itunes spotify google play and stitcher and as we head into the weekend You guys have a great weekend. We'll see you back on Monday. You're listening to the Locked On Reds podcast. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.